Welcome to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, Kate Thanks. All right, man. Episode 40, motherfucking nine, man. Yeah, man. Almost 50. We're going to do something special, man. It'd be like a, we got to get like a Super Bowl halftime show or some shit. <laughs> some sponsors coming on. I'll uh, I'll be protesting that one. Get Travis Scott to come in here like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Man. Yeah, man. All right, man. We got a lot of shit to talk about. Um, one of the first things is Momo. This Momo shit that's been going on. For anyone that doesn't know about this, there's this creature, chicken, woman, whatever the fuck she is, and <laughs> with these big ass eyes. And like Momo tells kids to do bad things. Like she gets up there, I guess, like with all these other cartoons like Peppa Pig and whatever, mm-hmm. and and supposedly convinces them to like hurt themselves and all of this. My take on this is the fact that parents got to be more interactive. You can't just fucking tell your kid to go. Here's a computer. Go sit down, or yeah. go in the other room and watch cartoons. Like you mm-hmm. need to know what the fuck your kids is watching. Do you think handing a kid a tablet or a laptop or whatever is the new go outside? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That was a great comparison. <laughs> and you know, the sad thing about it is this is a lot of it is our fault. Well, it ain't ours because I ain't got no fucking kids. Yeah. But uh, a lot of the parents are my age, like 33 years old. You know, we're the we're the like the the we're, we're the generation that's still pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? Like we we're we're old enough to be parents. But also young enough to listen to Bust Down Tatiana. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> mm-hmm. we got these fucking kids and we give them a tablet and we just send them in a the room and then they're like, Mommy, can I have the butcher knife? And you're like, Here, go ahead, baby. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking stupid, man. Yeah, I think I, I seen the first time I heard the Momo thing um, was this week, actually. There was a kid in my class, the uh, the molecules kid. Oh, a little black guy for, for the for the guys that listen every week. A little black nerd. Yeah, yeah, that's my <laughs> guy. <laughs> but uh, so he was he was freaking out. Like they were these kids is bad, man. So they be they be getting the laptops and looking up all kind of stuff. So I think someone tried to do like a Momo challenge on one of the they, the the computers at at school. They have these Chromebooks that they be handing out. Yeah. to the schools and. Um, they try to pull up the Momo challenge or something like that. In my mind, I'm like, what is going on here? Like, why is this such a big deal? But he was freaking out. He's like, he was like, Mr. Keith, my mom told me this is a suicide thing. Like, these kids are going to commit suicide if they watch this video. And I'm like, bro, what are you talking? Like, chill out. Like, what? Why are you going so crazy? But um, like, calm down, it- nerd. Yeah, calm down, molecules. <laughs> Blow your nose. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Um, when I seen it, 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 I didn't really pay it too much mind. I f- figured it was just some stupid internet thing that the kids were doing. But um, from the looks of it, like you know, watching a little YouTube videos about it and stuff, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty big deal. You know what I mean? So, I, you know, me being grown, it's like, all right, cool. Like, but I guess for kids, you know, that it's a kids be really impressionable. So stuff like this can you know really affect them. True. Uh, kids are definitely impressionable to a lot of things because, you know, a lot of their brain is not developed. Mm-hmm. But I still think and my thing is this. They say it's not the parents fault. It's not the parents fault. And look here, I don't want to put blame on parents about this because, you know, even good parents, you know, their kids could be led astray to a certain extent. Yeah. But when your kid is going to the extent of trying to get weapons to hurt themselves, you're not paying enough attention to your goddamn kids. Yeah. When your kid is about to go outside and 
get a rope to hang himself, you're not paying enough attention to your fucking kids. Yeah. You know, and a lot of parents nowadays, man, they they know they not they know better than what they do to their kids. You know, a lot of parents are sitting there watching reality TV. They mm-hmm. they too worried about what the fuck celebrities is doing, oh, and you know they too worried about who Tristan Thompson is fucking instead of their own goddamn kids. And then now your kid got Momo on their ass, and it's like, yeah. yo, like parent you, all on social media and whatnot. Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. Mm-hmm. These parents, these parents nowadays are too caught up taking selfies of their ass and not mm-hmm. worried about their child. Me and me or Eddie have kids, but don't you feel like you would be a better, better parent than some of these people? Oh, all the time. <laughs> I get caught up parenting some people's fucking kids sometimes. Like, hey, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Hey, 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 don't yeah. touch that. Yeah. Hey, stop running in the store. Get it, off my lawn. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I do that for a living, so I know what you mean. <laughs> Put that fucking knife down. <laughs> stop stabbing him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I think if I was a father, I'd be a nutcase. I think mm-hmm. that especially if I had a daughter, mm-hmm. you know, I just understand all the things that young boys are capable of doing. Yeah. And, uh, man, I would lose it, man. I would be up at the schools. I would be I would be just so skeptical of everyone around my kid. Mm-hmm. I tell my I tell one of the teachers, like, oh, I like Mr. Thompson. He's a cool person. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, let me meet him. Right. So I go to school. I'll be like. Hey, Mr. Thompson, you ever touch my daughter, I'll fucking kill you. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's real, man. Yeah, and he was like, what do you say? I'm yeah. all nothing, man. Have a nice day. Yeah, and we talked about that, too. Um, you know, we, we could kind of go on a tangent here real quick, but we were talking about, um, we <clears throat> talked about it on the phone, about how the uh, sexual assault between oh. uh, women and are women teachers and mm-hmm. you know young males is totally it has a totally different narrative definitely than males messing with younger females definitely and for some reason it's almost like a young boy should be okay with being sexually assaulted and sexually yeah. abused yes. you know and and i think a lot of women uh they tend to turn around like well you know what men keep saying where were these teachers when i was in school and all of this well no some men are saying that because they've already you know uh formulated in their mind that you know that there's just these sexual people mm-hmm. but a little boy can have his mind fucked up and you see whenever something happens to a woman you'll have a bunch of feminists coming out and like oh this is wrong blah 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 and they will fucking march and all of that mm-hmm. but when a little boy gets abused i do not see the same motherfucking energy to a little boy that's getting fucked by a 35 year old fucking woman yeah i just don't see why and you hear about the most recent story i don't want to get in too many gruesome details but the chick is like 27 or something. I, I forgot. She's 27 or older. And she was telling this 13-year-old boy about how big his thing was and was like, and then the boy referred to his thing as a thingy. That's how young this fucking kid was. Mm-hmm. And this is a grown woman abusing him. And the parents sued the school and like someone else. Like, I would sue them too. Yeah, rightfully so. Yeah, like, man, I trusted you motherfuckers. And my kid ended up, Fucking one of these grown ass teachers. Yeah, and and people think for some reason they think that there's no long term effects on a young boy, only on young girls. Like nah, bro, you yeah. fucking a little kid. Yeah, I think um, just sexualizing young kids is, is a is a bad thing. Horrible. It really, it really messes you up. Like the and you don't really. I don't think we we kind of <clears throat> dive into the effects of it long term yeah. enough. But these are the, these are people that are. Um, have like 
a skewed version of like sexuality. Yes. So they'll, you know, that may happen to them as a kid. In turn, they'll get older. They'll get, uh, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old and they'll be sleeping with the whole city. Or, yeah. You know, little, little things like that. You know what I mean? And they, they may become addicted to sex or, you know, whatever the, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And true. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, my bad. Um, just like um, in porn, like a lot of uh, porn actresses have a, a lot of them have a long history of abuse. Some mm-hmm. form of abuse is in their background. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that every woman that does porn is abused or every actor, female or male are abused. Some mm-hmm. people just like to fuck. But <laughs> but a lot of them have like, uh, you know, old cases of abuse where somebody did some shit. So, yes, you could definitely fuck somebody because, up. Because it's not sacred, you know what yeah. I mean? You take a, like... I guess generally you have this. If ideally, if it played out in you know most most the general public's mind, you know you lose your virginity to a girl you loved in high school, and yeah, stuff, like that's like the picture perfect picture way perfect. of yeah uh, going out. But if if it's like you're taken twice. from you by an older person, yeah, um, it doesn't hold that value anymore. Very true, because yeah, you, you you basically got robbed of your innocence. Yeah, you know that plays a big role. Mm-hmm. I just think, you know, when you have sex with a girl your age and, you know, you guys both don't know what the fuck you're doing. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the way. Stick it's it a- in her belly button. She's like, uh-huh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you some people have some crazy first time sex experience. I bet, man. It's like, oh, my God, is it in yet? I wish we had like a call. <laughs> I wish we had a call line to where oh, like, people could my call in God. and tell us their stories. Dude, we got to really do that shit. Yeah. Like during the podcast. That, I think we talked about doing a live thing. So yeah, that'd definitely be that'd a dope. Definitely topic be dope. For, yeah. I'm sure some people want, you know, some people want to get something off their chest. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just like, but, um, is Keith single? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I've had girls tell me, like, I love Keith's laugh. It's just so funny. It's so funny. This is regular. Yeah, it's like, oh, my God. It's his Keith's laugh is so cute. <laughs> like, you want to fuck him? What the fuck? <laughs> Based off a of laugh? Damn. Most girls aren't funny, though, so I won't be laughing around you. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! Oh, man, bunch of Amy Schumer's out there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Amy Schumer. All right, move on. Um, people have an issue. Okay, I'll give you a little rundown. Recently, there was this chick. Okay, basically, uh, years ago, I, I more frequently posted pictures of me like working out or lifting weights or whatever, mm-hmm. just because I was just that guy. I was a guy that was always in the gym. I still work out now, but. I hardly really post anything about it, right? So to make a long story short, I posted a video of me using a sledgehammer hitting a a big monster truck tire, right? And um, I posted it to Instagram, and some chick inboxed me like, oh, wow, I didn't know you still worked out. And I was like, of course. She's like, oh, I I didn't know that because I never see you post about being at the gym anymore. And I was just like thinking to myself, do people really believe if you didn't post it that it didn't happen? Mm-hmm. Like, are you serious? That's real. Like, are you a fucking idiot or something? Like, I didn't tell her that, but mm-hmm. I was like, no, I still go to the gym. So people really believe if you don't post your workouts, you don't work out. If you don't post your, rela- the, 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 like, whoever you fucking or who you're in a relationship with that you're not in a relationship. If you don't post money on Facebook and Instagram, then you're broke. Yeah. There are people that really fucking think this way. Yeah. Even a, imagine a guy like Dave Chappelle. 
when he had, you know, kind of disappeared from the face of the earth after his show got canceled. Yeah. Um, people didn't really know he was doing stand up. And yeah. then there would be TMZ clips and certain things of, you know, him doing shows around, you know, different different cities. He'll be in Ohio and yeah. you know, Oklahoma and all in these the fucking places. park. Yeah. And he's just doing stand up. And, yeah. um, you know, that kind of goes along with the same thing. But it's like th- that's that sucks, though. It's like for something like working out where uh, it's it's a thing that most people do cons- most people that do do it do yeah. it consistently yeah um you don't need to post about it every day no. you know what i mean like i just I, i'm just neutral about you know whatever if yeah. i if i don't see you post a picture about working out or whatever just like i'm not gonna be like oh snap i didn't know you still work out like <laughs> it just shows that that using social media too much using it as a like a form of reality, it literally shuts the other part of your fucking brain off. Yeah. It's like you have become such a product of social media that you can't even think for your fucking self. Yeah. That was just like, yo, like what the fuck is wrong with you? And the chick that sent me that, she looks fairly good looking, got a fat ass booty and shit. <laughs> she posts <laughs> she posts a bunch of thirst traps and always yeah. got her body out and shit. And it's like, it's almost like she feels like afraid as if if she doesn't constantly post this content that the world's going to forget about her. Mm -hmm. And it's like, girl, like there are far better looking women than you that don't post everything on fucking social media. They don't post about every time they break up with their man. They don't post about every time they need some dick. They yeah. don't post about every time they want to go have fun at the club. Like, yeah. Or when they sexually frustrated, like I'm getting tired of like this behavior especially with chicks acting like thoughts like mm-hmm. talking about how sexually frustrated they is on social media like yeah. stop that this is yeah. crap keep you gotta keep some shit to yourself man yeah I, th- I think the only thing that we should uh i guess be concerned about when it comes to like if a person hadn't seen you post something in a long time is something that um is for the internet got it like if we hadn't done a vlog in like three four weeks they'll be like or even, you know, longer than that. And then we come back and then somebody's like, dang, I didn't know y'all still did vlogs. Like, I'm glad. Or not a vlog. I'm talking about a freaking podcast. Yeah. But uh, I, didn't, I didn't even know y'all still did podcasts. Or, you know, somebody that does vlog or somebody that does, mm-hmm. you know, these, you know, certain, uh, like a web series on the internet or yeah. whatever whatever the, the, the scenario is. I think then you can kind of ask those questions. But if it's something that's more of a private matter and then we're just the person posting it is giving you a glimpse in on their life, then, yeah. you know, that there you shouldn't be expecting to see that kind of thing on an everyday basis. Yeah. It's people just, just strange. People just, I made a vow to myself that, you know, if, you know, I, I go into a situation with a woman and it's like, it's getting serious, then I am not putting her on any social media at all. Mm-hmm. Like I conduct myself like accordingly. Like, I don't be on Facebook or social media or whatever, and any social media, chasing pussy all day, like, hey, girl, let's hang out, just because I'm single. Yeah. Like, I'm still very selective in where I choose to put my energy, right? Mm-hmm. But if I get in a relationship, I'm going to act accordingly and respectful to my girl. I don't need to motherfucking update my Facebook status, like, in a relationship. Oh, my God, who is she? Mm-hmm. Like, nah, stay the fuck oh, out of my business. <laughs> I don't need you motherfuckers in my business seeing what I'm doing. Eventually, once I become way more comfortable, like I don't. Another thing too, I don't have shit to prove to social media. I have everything to prove to myself. Yeah. So if I'm with a chick and 
we vibing and I love her and we've been together for like nine months, a year. You goddamn right I'm a poster on my social media. Yeah. Because it seemed like nowadays everybody be in a relationship for two weeks and you got 800 pictures of these motherfuckers. Yeah. It's like, that's not no real love. Y'all going to break up and now you got to delete all 800 of these motherfucking pictures on your social media mm-hmm. because you dumb. Yeah. You told the world about something before you were even sure about it. That just gave me the context clues to slide in your DMs, too, so I appreciate you. <laughs> <All right. laughs> hey, once a girl delete all them pictures of her man, yeah. I give it about a couple days. <laughs> and I'll be like, hey, dang, you see that new show that just came out? <laughs> and that'd be crazy if we had a beer and hung out at the park or whatever. Netflix and chill with that. Yeah, that'd be cool if we could watch a movie at my place. Yeah. I got these new snacks that just came out. <laughs> Cream filling squirt all in your mouth. Oh, that. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm not gonna lie, I, it, man. I've been in, man. I don't want to go on a tangent, but I will say this too: ain't nothing wrong with DMing women, bro. Ain't nothing wrong with DMing people. Yeah. Don't. I don't. This whole sliding in the DM shit is fake. Yeah. There's no such thing as that. It's called interest, motherfucker. That's real. I think sliding in the DMs has has a little bit of a of a negativity to it. Yeah, negative. Um, yeah. If you if you just want to talk to somebody, then you know just talk to them. Like yeah. you you never know. So that person might be like there may be a mutual interest, and that Thank person you. may have been waiting for you to to hit them up. Thank you. Yeah. And look, here's the thing: I don't expect anything when I inbox a chick. Literally, I don't. Even if I really want to fuck her, I'm not going to be like, ooh, I want some pussy. Let yeah. me inbox her. Like, I might just, she might post something funny or something cool, and I'll inbox her and be like, you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then we start a little conversation. And my thing is, I'm proactive. So if we have a good conversation in the D, in the DM, then I'm going to be like, hey, we should go have some drinks. I'll mm-hmm. pay for it. Let's go hang out. Yeah. You know, and I, and my thing is, I'm not going to message you 8 million motherfucking times before I ask you, like, hey, let's go hang out. Yeah, I'd rather just like get a little conversation going and we could talk face to face and then vibe from there. Yeah. But ain't nothing wrong with the fucking DM and nobody, man. Yeah, man. Like, man, People, I'm, and, and, and girls do it, too. Yeah. Hell yeah. Trying to act like it's just a guy thing. Yeah. Like it's sliding in my DMs. Like, OK, the same girl that's getting dick down every week talking mm-hmm. about uh, he's diving in my DM. No, somebody diving it in panties. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 Panties like an Olympic sized pool. Yeah. Yeah. Panty, stay wet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If the panties had a, a a sound effect, they'd be like, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, no, no. The sound effect would be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Let's move on, man. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, longevity beyond social media. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, is um, or excuse me, having longevity beyond social media. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason why I say that is, this is because it's 2019, right? And when you think about 10 years ago, that's 09. Think about how different like the landscape of this country was back then. Like, all the shit that was cool back then is dead now. Yeah. Like you, you think about certain brands I like... A, I had a Zoom. Yeah. Remember, I don't know if y'all remember Zoom. Z-U-N-E. Mm-hmm. It was like a prequel to the uh, the iPod. 
Yeah, it was, it was not a prequel. It came out around the same time. Yeah, it was a Microsoft version of a um, of the Apple product. Yes. Basically. Yeah. So Zune is dead. Been dead for many years. I loved it personally. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, like an anti like hype guy. Yeah. So uh, I believe there was maybe three people that, or there was only two other people that I knew had it, mm-hmm. and then it was you, and then it was another guy that I knew. Yeah. Yeah. I love the zooms. They're awesome. And my yeah. homie Terrell had one. Shout out to Terrell. He had the <laughs> the big box one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit was dope. So, like, you think of Zoom? Zoom is dead. You think of like uh, Ed Hardy, the brand that everybody was wearing back to the club and shit back in the day. Ed Hardy is dead. Like all these brands is not popular. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that were in culture in 2009 are not popular now. Blackberries, bruh. Bruh, yeah. yeah Blackberries turned into whackberries. Like, <laughs> nobody using that. Like, <laughs> And if when you think about longevity, like you really want to think about surpassing that 10-year mark. Yeah. So let's think about people who are still relevant now, like in culture and hip hop or music or whatever now that were popular then. Okay. Jay Z's one of them, definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, E40, definitely <laughs> another one. But these guys have been doing this shit since the 80s. Okay. LL Cool J. LL Cool J. Well, LL Cool J's relevant in the acting world. Yeah. Like not in music, but he's still relevant. Mm-hmm. So that's actually that's a great one. Jennifer Lopez still yeah. very relevant. She had a mm-hmm. big old booty, but anyways, her booty shrunk over time. Her booty shrunk over popping. time. Yeah. She had a big old fat Puerto Rican booty, and then it turned <laughs> Puerto Rican booty. Yeah, it shrunk a up. Boricua booty. She had a Boricua. <laughs> she. <laughs> uh, <laughs> She had one of them Terra Squad booties. <laughs> she had a lean back booty. Lean back. Oh man. Uh, she had a rompe, she, rompe. She, she had a R.I.P. Big Pun booty. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. She had a bitty bitty bum bum booty. Oh no, no. She ain't fucking with Selena. <laughs> she ain't fucking with Selena, bro. Selena Oh my God. Yeah. Selena. Shout, shout out to Selena. Rest in peace to Selena. Yeah. All right. But all the things you think about people who are still very prevalent in today's culture from over 10 years ago, they did things and they put out product and, and they put out product and content that surpassed everyone else because it was quality stuff. Now, I don't want to put nobody in, in crap on anybody's career. I don't. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But when you think of today's artists, right? Like uh, Takashi Six Nine or a Lil Pump or Blueface or whatever the case, they're great for now. But I'm just gonna be honest. I don't see any longevity in what they're doing. I don't see any longevity in that. I don't think I'm gonna be hearing Lil Pump ten years from now and be like, "Oh, Lil Pump is dope." Like, nah, mm-hmm. his fucking fan base is gonna get older. They're gonna tune that shit out. Like Soldier Boy was basically Lil Pump ten years ago. He's like the only one that I could see. That was supposed to be gone. A one hit wonder. Yeah, one hit wonder. He's still, he's still around. Definitely. And I, and I got respect for Soldier Boy, and I'm saying that. Yeah. You know, because he made, he had some hits. Like he had a lot of motherfucking hits. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm bringing that up because a lot of the things that people get caught up in now, you need to stop it mm-hmm. because it's all a trend, and it will be done in motherfucking ten years. It will be gone. All the shit you see on Instagram, all these Instagram thoughts that's half naked, that's selling tea products and and all this bullshit and got these fake uh, fitness pages where they just posting thirst traps and they got three million followers. Instagram is going to be deleted. It's like it's good. there's going to be something else that comes out and these people are going to lose all their fan base. 
and they're not going to have anything else to do. Like there's no longevity in acting like a hoe on on social media. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You are just like there. And this is going to sound fucked up, but there have been many hoes before you and nobody remembers them. Yeah. For a reason. Because mm-hmm. you're not what you're doing. There's no there's there's no substance to the content you're putting out. Mm-hmm. So you're cool for now. But once Instagram is done, you're done. Yeah. It, it just like a lot of uh, pretty much 95 percent. I would say 90 percent of the shit that's cool on Instagram will not be even relevant in 10 years. That's real. Just being real. And I feel very strongly in, in what me and Keith are doing. And I'm not trying to shit on anybody else and then build me and Keith up. We're putting out content that you could listen to 20 years from now and be like, yo, these guys was crazy. They was funny, man. Or they had really good insight on things. Mm-hmm. And you could go back. In 10 years, me and Keith's projection is very high. Mm-hmm. So I want to be proud of what I'm doing. That's why you really have to watch what the shit you're putting on social media. Because mm-hmm. it will stay circulating forever. If you want to act like a thought, you want to post booty pics, go ahead. If you want to act like you're a rapper with a bunch of money, go ahead. And, and nobody is going to remember you in 10 years. I think I think the way you some the way some people describe like investments. Exactly. They they talk about like, you know, I want to invest in certain stocks long term. I want to buy properties yes. now because I know in 10 years it'll be worth 10 times as much. Yes. I think that's how people should start thinking about their content. True. Very true. You know, if you post in whatever pictures um, and then, you know, five years from now you have a kid, five more years your kid will be five years old. He'll be in kindergarten and he'll probably be using like social media and stuff like that. So yes. <clears throat> I think you should, you know, you should you should post content with that in mind. You know what I mean? Because one day you'll probably have a child and if the the internet is still going to be around and these kids be snooping through all kind of stuff so you don't want yeah. kids your your um your your children's classmates snooping through you know googling your your name being the parent of the child and seeing all kind of booty pics bikini pics yeah. and all kind of stuff like that yeah definitely mom was a whore yeah exactly <laughs> yeah <clears throat> Yeah, you made a great point. You, you you compared it basically to the stock market, meaning you want to be a long-term investor. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people on social media act like day traders. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. they they just trying to go, they just what's hot right now? What's hot right now? Let me mm-hmm. let me hop on that wave. And what they don't realize is all the shit that they're trying to they're doing all the Instagram challenges and all this stuff. And when you look back, that can actually affect your your career field like let's say for example you want to be i don't know a preacher or a pastor at some church and they pull back they go back 10 years ago and they seen it you was uh you know you was a pimp or some shit mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like th- this that's why you really have to pay you have to be very cognizant of the material you're putting out into the universe mm-hmm. all that shit's going to come back yeah and i just think we get too caught up in today Instead of looking down the road. Yeah. I'm not saying you shouldn't have balls and go for what you really believe in, but half of the shit on the internet is some stuff that's really, there's no longevity in it. I thought of it, just thought of an interesting movie mm-hmm. concept or skit uh-huh. or something. If you could place historical figures in 2019, mm-hmm. so it would be like a small skit of like Martin Luther King with social media. Oh my God. Like he might be partying at like whatever 
HBCU he went to or mm-hmm. like, you know, he 18, 19 years old partying with a bunch of white women and stuff like that. <laughs> Why are you doing Martin Luther King like this, man? We got to stop doing Martin Luther King like this, man. <laughs> but it could be it could be anybody, even like, I don't know, like Jesus in 2019. Uh-huh. A bunch of girls trying to slide in his DMs, but he curving everybody because he lived without sin. Like, oh, man. He's like, I know what you want to do. I... You just pray for him. Yeah, I'm gonna pray, <laughs> gonna pray for you. Wait, no, he set up a meeting with a girl. She thinks she's about to get some, and then he just end up like praying with her. Let's pray. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be crazy. Man, can you imagine? That'd be dope though. Mm-hmm. Jesus just curving all these holes. Yeah. Dang. And it would be it would be so many women's uh, goal to like get Jesus to sleep with them. He'd be like, I know what you want to do to me. Let's, let's, let's pray. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. TMZ be at Jesus' door. Like we heard what's going on, Jesus. Oh, we heard about we heard about Amber Rose. <laughs> we heard about Amber Rose. What's going on with that? Just like I'm going to pray for all of you. It'd be like Jordan Wood, Amber Rose, uh, whoever whoever the girls Tristan Thompson was motorboating in the club. Can you can you imagine somebody like literally getting mad at something and then like Jesus pop up like, oh my God, I hit my foot. Jesus Christ. And Jesus pop up. <laughs> Did you call me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Endless possibilities. Just pick any historical figure and bring him into 2019. That'd be crazy. And just... You know, see how it goes. Abraham Lincoln smashing all these Instagram uh, thoughts. Abraham, that, <laughs> that, that deep voice. He like six five two. He got a beard. Yeah, beards is in. Yeah, yeah. He could actually let it grow instead of you know. All right, enough, enough of this shit. All right. <laughs> yeah, but you got to be very aware of the shit you're putting out um, because it will not last, and the things you're putting out. Um, if the if it's not fruitful content, then there's there's no there's no longevity in that. Yeah. And I just see so many people getting caught up in all this reality television. And did you see what happened with Jordan Woods? And did you see what happened with Chris Brown? And like none of this shit is important. It will all be forgotten in ten years. All the shit that I remember being cool, like I literally remember what I thought was cool at 23 and at 33, I would not be caught dead doing that shit. Mm -hmm. I'm just a totally different man. And the world has changed right along with me. Not with me per se, but it's changed that drastically in 10 years. Yeah. There were the motherfucking, like 10 years ago iPhones barely were a thing and there was no apps. There was no Facebook on there. There was no Snapchat, no no f- Facebook, Instagram. None of that shit was on our smartphones. Yeah. And now we got everything at the tip of our fingertips. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's just something to think about. That's crazy, bro. Yeah. Just the whole landscape of the country was different mm-hmm. in 2009 <clears throat> versus now. That's it. Yeah, 10 years, everything is going to be. Just thinking about ten, 10 years from now, how, how crazy things will be. Like, oh, thinking yeah. back to when I was 17, like, man, like, mm-hmm. the world was totally different. Yeah. Totally. hmm I think, yeah, just uh, how technology changes so much. Like, I think over these, these, uh, these past, like, last 10 years, we've seen, um, like, the uprise in social media. Oh, so that was like, the biggest one. 
like 2010 when Facebook really started to like bubble. Yeah. Um, well, most of the, I think, I think I got like Facebook and Twitter like in 2010. Yeah, I got it in 10. And, um, just seeing how many different social media spawned because of, mm-hmm. you know, the influence of Facebook and stuff like that. Just seeing what, like, I don't even know what the next 10 years will be. It's hard to predict, you know what I mean? Definitely. Unless you're Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. Gary does a great job. Gary does a great job in predicting things. Some things mm-hmm. he are wrong in, he's wrong in, but he just has an eye yeah. and an ear for things. Yeah. And I think that, I think if you're a person that has, like, the foresight to say, like, this is going to be this. This is going to be this. It's like you literally had to invest your whole, like, all of your energy into looking deeply into something and saying that shit right there mm-hmm. is original. That's mm-hmm. going to be what everyone is using in eight years or in three years or whatever the case. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Yeah, Gary definitely was the one. He was. He had. He posted, like, videos about what he mm-hmm. said, mm-hmm. and he'd be right about some shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. All right, moving forward. Um, would people give to the homeless if they couldn't take a picture or video of that interaction? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I ask that question is it seems like we have a lot of fake nice people. And what people need to realize is that if you need to post a video or a picture every time you give someone something, how genuine was that act to begin with? You know? I just don't – I'm not a believer in it. I, I think some people have good hearts, and they want to – I guess they want to capture it and show the world, like, we can all be good people. But when you're genuinely a good person, I just don't think that a camera phone or video is necessary. Mm-hmm. These people that are homeless and down on their luck, they're still human beings. We should not have the right to walk up on them with a motherfucking big-ass, expensive-ass camera or a phone that costs over $1,000 – and we give them a sandwich. We want to take a picture with them. Mm-hmm. It's like, bruh, like, no. Yeah. Just give from your heart. If you can't give from your heart, a truly nice person that gives, their only incentive is seeing is blessing somebody else with something and walking the fuck off. Yeah. You don't got to do all that extra stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bad look, dude. I, I don't think that... Um, I, I think that... you. For for me, I I appreciate the act, um, and you can't really know where a person's heart is. I do True. think that there are some people that do record it and are genuinely like empathetic towards you know these homeless people and want to do it from the good of their heart. Yeah. But I do think there is a large percentage of people that want to just like they're they're capitalizing or they're trying to like market or brand themselves as yes. this like giver i guess thank you and you trying to monetize that is trash it's very trash yeah i don't think you should i don't think you should do that but i think in the grand scheme of things the people that do it from their their heart like they're gonna win in the end exactly people people you see like i use one example of jay-z jay-z um over the past couple years has behind the scenes done a lot of stuff for a lot of uh different rappers and you know people in the community from uh, paying people's bond, like paying bonds, mm-hmm. you know, uh, single mothers and, you know, fathers out there in the community paying for lawyer fees for Meek Mill and mm-hmm. 21 Savage and stuff like that. He doesn't post about it, but the world knows, like everyone knows, um, not everyone, but you know, the world, like through social media, you'll see different things on the Instagram where about like, you know, Jay-Z has done this, 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 and this. And, um, 
you know, those blessings come back to you. You know, yeah, you know he's he's the you know top three, four richest men in in hip hop. So definitely, um, you know, he's he's not wanting for nothing, but just doing that stuff behind the scenes, like those blessings come back to you. So you don't have to worry about like nah. you know bragging or boasting about giving a homeless man a hamburger. Yeah, like just just be okay with those blessings coming back to you. You know, years or however long down the line. Look, man, I think. There there have been countless times, and I'm not trying to turn myself into this just great, just giver guy. But when I see someone in genuinely in need, I will stop what I'm doing and give them something, you know, and ask them if they're okay. Hey, you all right? They'd be like, oh, I'm all right. And then you could tell, like, no, they're not okay. I'm going to go over here to this McDonald's. I'm going to go grab them a big-ass thing of something to drink, some water or something, and then grab them something to eat from there and then give them some money. You know, there's been times where I've seen a dude, it was cold as a motherfucker. I'm coming from work. I asked him if he's all right. He's like, I'm all right. And I gave him some money for a hotel. I was like, man, it's a hotel right there. I gave him the money for it. He's like, oh, you don't have to do that. No, you don't have to. And Mm -hmm. I gave him the money. I'm just like, this guy's telling me what I don't have to do, and I'm still trying to give him something from the kindness of my heart. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I still gave him that. But the point of me making that is like I've never I've never thought like, you know what, before I give him this cash, let me put this on social media. You're not a you're not a good person when you do that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Even if you may think you're a good person, stop exploiting people for this for the fucking sake of you looking like a good person. Yeah. Too many fake good people out here. Yeah. A truly good person does not expect uh you know, attention or reward or mm-hmm. to monetize that situation. Mm-hmm. Not even from a financial standpoint. You're trying to monetize that situation for everybody to be like, oh, look, Gilbert is a good person. I knew it. Look yeah, at him. Yeah. yeah. Like, man, fuck that. Yeah. That's real, man. I think, you know, we kind of touched bases on it, man. Just kind of just do stuff from the kind of I think it goes along with just people posting too much on social media in general. Yes. So in turn, they're posting these events that should be extremely personal. Thank you. Um, I think the one, one thing I, I did see, I shared it with Eddie a while back was the, the guy, Tory Lanes. He has seen a homeless guy oh, yeah. wearing some of his clothes or wearing like a, uh, um, a pair of pants from his clothing brand. And, um, he pulled up on a dude and was kind of like, it just, it just felt like, it was really uncomfortable to watch. The dude didn't look like he wanted to be filmed or anything. Yeah. He was pulling up with his freaking camera out and like, yo, this guy wearing my pants. It's lit out here. It's crazy out here. But let, you know, the guy was, you know, dirty and, you know, his pants was dingy and beat up. And he was, I think he was just walking away from the camera. Yeah, like, leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. It was just like, you could just tell he was uncomfortable. Like you, that's part of why you shouldn't be filming these people. Like a lot of people are, they come from, different walks of life exactly. some people may have been extremely successful at one point some people may have been in the military some people yes. have been addicted to drugs and then it kind of drove them to being homeless and they don't want to be on freaking camera like with you helping them out like a lot of people have pride they don't want to yes. be looked at in that light yes and first of all you didn't even ask for consent you just fucking put them on camera yeah you you see them less than a human so you said are oh, you homeless and fucked up let me put you on camera yeah. You wouldn't walk up to me and Keith and start just recording us. Yeah. You know, because you know we you know, we come at we come off as regular guys. So you wouldn't do that. Here's mm-hmm. another thing. Why you really shouldn't take pictures of homeless people and when you're giving them shit. 
is because some of these homeless people have lost more than you have ever fucking had. Mm-hmm. Some of these people that are homeless probably used to be millionaires. They probably come from affluent families. They probably come from investments and all kind of things. A lot of people that are homeless just wanted to get away mm-hmm. because they probably had so much stress. They probably had a huge business and, you know, the stock market crashed and they lost everything. And, you know, you don't know what the fuck people have been through, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you really don't know. Yeah. So that's why it's important to leave people to fuck alone. Yeah. And it really annoys me when I see people doing it. Like, I, if, if I see somebody record somebody's homeless, I'm like, yo, put your camera down, man. Mm-hmm. Put it down. Like, there's no need to record that. They'd be like, what do you mean? I'm like, because, dude, if you're going to give them something, give them something, man. Yeah. This is, this is lame. That's where I didn't even, that, you know, initially when we started talking about it, I didn't even think about where the homeless guy came from or yeah. a person, homeless guy or woman. Or where they came from in the, in their story, yes. And how you know, and how that affects them when you actually put them on camera. Yeah, you, you. I mean, you're just making this this blanket assumption that oh, yeah, maybe they were on drugs and uh, that's why. No, motherfucker, maybe they got so stressed out. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have a mental. They're mentally ill. Yeah, and you know, maybe they wanted to get away because sometimes the the homeless person a lot of times are happier than us. We worry about the daily grind. Oh, work or oh, I gotta pay bills or oh, my wife's getting on my nerves or yeah. we, we we deal with the daily battle every day with life. And a homeless person a lot of times has ran away from that because they went through so much pain living in that daily grind. And sometimes they said, "Man, fuck this shit. I just want to be left alone." And then here yeah. come and then here come your punk ass with a camera. They're probably more financially literate than you are, also possibly because I be seeing them. I be seeing them hustle. Yeah, be hustling. getting but pans I, and whatnot. Yeah, as far as being happy, there was a guy, and it kind of threw me off. Mm-hmm. I kind of I left work, and you know, dealing with these bad kids all day, you just you just leave, and you just be like, man, I'm I'm over this already. Yeah. And uh, one of the dudes, he was he was digging in the trash, like looking for you know cans and bottles and stuff, and he was just like, he gave me a, like a smile and it like a head nod, and I was like, it kind of threw me off a little bit. I was mm-hmm. like, damn, this dude is like genuinely like happy. Yeah, you probably seen some cans in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it kind of it, it almost made my it, it did make my day better, but it was just interesting to see that you know that person is who you would think would be down on his luck or you know would be sad about life or yeah. for whatever reason. But he was just he was chill. He was it's chill. all about perspective, man. Yeah. And I'll tell you something else. And I've done I've done this many times, right? And I, I and I and I feel like a dick for disclosing all this stuff that I've done. But I just want to give you examples. Um, there was a guy I seen digging in a trash can, right? Or this is one of the little mini mini trash cans. And at the time, I was about to drive to the recycling place because I don't really collect cans. I just I hate dealing with the fucking you know putting all these cans in this big ass bag or separating stuff. Mm-hmm. So what I've been doing is, is I will put these ca- these, these cans in a bag. And then when I'm headed to recycling center, if I see somebody hustling, I give them all my cans. Mm-hmm. So for example, I was heading to a recycling center one day. I had a probably about, I don't know how many, but a bunch of cans, glass bottles, all that separated. Mm-hmm. And I just pulled up on this dude and just gave him all my shit. He was like, whoa, man. Whoa, 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 man. Thank you so much. God bless you, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I was like, hey, it's all good, man. Take that, man. It's all good. I didn't give him a motherfucking dime. Mm-hmm. I gave this man cans, and he was so appreciative. Like, oh, my God. Thank you so much. God bless you. Mm-hmm. And it's people that will give somebody $5 and had a nerve 
to put that shit on the motherfucking social media. Yeah. Cut That's it out. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on. Is homophobia a form of self-hate? And are you possibly gay? Mm-hmm. Hear me out. Me and Keith talked about this a while back. As as two heterosexual males, we don't understand why some men go above and beyond to say homophobic shit and be like, man, I hate them, man. I hate those F words, man. I hate them, man. I'm tired of them. Mm-hmm. And it starts to make you think, why is a straight man invested in hating a gay person? Mm-hmm. Are they mad because they cannot be openly gay themselves? Mm-hmm. Because... I'm just, I know this is going to sound bad. I'm just too invested in liking pussy to worry about <laughs> another man. Yeah. It is not even on my mind at all. If I see a gay dude hold another gay dude's hand, they happy. They, he living his life. You know, yeah. gay dude ain't worried about straight men. Yeah. You know, they just living their life like, yes. Yeah. Yes, bitch. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gay dudes too worried about being glamorous and minding their business. They not worried about what the fuck a straight man is doing. So why the fuck is it some straight men that will be openly homophobic like out of nowhere? I've seen it. Yeah. And that's that really starting to make me think that a lot of y'all gay out here. Yeah. You just ain't you just too afraid to be to admit mm-hmm. it to the world. Yeah. I remember times like when I would be in high high school and there would be a person on a team, people was kind of skeptical of being gay or yeah. maybe he walked a little bit weird and he had a weird <laughs> a weird twang in his voice. But people, you know, people never really you, we didn't know for sure, you know, it's high school, most people weren't coming out then. Yeah, true. Uh, so we don't know if he's gay or not, but but just because he came off a certain way People were scared to do drills with him. Wow. Just regular football drills, whether it's like tackling or, you know, football is semi-gay anyway. So like, <laughs> got the quarterback touching the center's nuts the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we say this from a very objective standpoint. We both play football. Yeah. So it's just like, it's just like, how, how, like, <laughs> would you rather do gay stuff with a gay man or a heterosexual so you know but like just stuff like that it's like it's it's just overblown and you know i never really been i never been a homophobic person so even back then i was like dog like what are y'all doing like i'll do the drills with this guy it's not that big of a deal yeah um and you just go on with your life but i do i do think there's something something with that because i talked to my cousin who was gay and he told me before he actually came out, he was extremely homophobic. Mm-hmm. Like he would make gay jokes all the time and call people the f word, and you know, uh, just j- be anti-gay in in every aspect. But he yeah. said, like you know, that was just his coping me- mechanism for uh, hiding his sexuality, overcompensation. Yeah, so. You're just overcompensating for the fact that you like men. Mm-hmm. And if and here's the thing. It is if if a man likes a man, then that's it's okay, bro. You just gay, and that's who you are. Mm-hmm. But for you to um, belittle and be extremely homophobic and and say random, I've been around some dudes before that just said some crazy shit about gay dudes, like these f and f words, and you know, out of and it's like out of nowhere. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, we drinking a beer, chilling. Like, what the fuck are you talking about mm-hmm. right now? Mm-hmm. You got these three hot chicks here. I'm trying to fuck one of them. And you're talking yeah. about gay guys. Like, I'm talking about man butt. You're talking about man butt. <laughs> you're talking about lubricated man butt. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about here, man? Chicks are looking at him all weird and shit. Yeah, dude. I don't, I don't understand it, but. Yeah, I, I've seen it many times, and now that I think about it, it's not that I'm trying to say, "Oh, well, this guy is gay," but you definitely suspect in my eyes if you take if you take time to emphasize how much you hate gay men that are minding their motherfucking business. Yeah. Not to mention, if a guy is gay, you really shouldn't be talking about him because that's more pussy for you, man. Yeah, man. It's more women out here. It's a ton of women that you should be worried about. You should not be worried about, uh, you know. Belittling a gay man, yeah. Because I'll tell you right now, it's probably gay dudes right now that'll be like, you know what, the one that's talking all that shit, he want me. That's why he wants yeah. me. Oh my god, and that, yeah. that was a really bad gay voice, by the way. Especially in, enter- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially in entertainment, there's a lot of uh, you know, there's a lot of rumors going around yeah. about certain people. And, you know, that obviously not every rumor is true, but not every rumor can be false also. Yeah. Because there's been many, many times where I think, um, I can name two offhand, mm-hmm. men that were caught with transgender. transgender oh, we already know. Uh, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Teddy Pendergrass. Oh, Teddy Pendergrass was too? Yeah. He, no shit. When he, he, he was singing to it? <laughs> <laughs> Turn him <them> off. <laughs> <laughs> no, Teddy dope though. <laughs> Eddie Murphy's like, okay, like uh, you I want you to come back to my apartment and like um uh whoo, beautiful. Um. <laughs> oh man. But uh, Teddy or when Teddy Pendergrass he got into the accident that left him paralyzed. I think he was riding with a tra- transgender. Really? Yeah. Wow, I just think that men need to come to. They need to come to. Uh, they need to be real with themselves. Yeah, you know, because Eddie Murphy said a lot of homophobic shit on this stand up. Mm-hmm. A lot of homophobic shit. Yeah, you know, you wanna you wanna tear down fucking uh, uh, Kevin Hart for tweets, but Eddie Murphy's whole motherfucking stand up was it was definitely out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I, I just, I, me and Keith had talked about this quite a while ago. And then when Keith talked about, you know, it's your cousin, right? It's mm-hmm. your uncle. My, what? The, the, the one that's gay. It's your uncle or your cousin? My cousin. Your cousin. And you talked about how he was homophobic before he came out and said he was gay. Yeah. You know, I think that there's, there's a lot of uh, men too. It's a form of toxic masculinity. And this is something that's sad. It's a form of toxic masculinity when a man feels he has to be homophobic. You could simply be. You could be strong in your heterosexual life without tearing down gay men. Mm-hmm. You just simply don't have to say fucked up shit about gay men. You mm-hmm. really don't. Yeah. You know? Um, and it, what else is sad, too, is let's say I'll be at the store, right? And it'll be obviously two openly gay dudes in the line, right? And they'll be ahead of me. And I'll be like, oh, excuse me, man. Excuse me. Or whatever. Like, oh, go ahead, man. That's cool. Or like they may say something funny. I'm like, oh, that's funny, man. That's cool. Or how did those uh, chips taste? They pretty good or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like the gay dudes almost feel awkward talking to you. Yeah. Because they have experienced so many motherfucking straight dudes not even want to be around them. Yeah. 
and they'd be looking at you like, uh, 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 you know. Yeah. Even I, for my cousin, I'm the only person in my, only male in my family that has actually, like, spent time with him from a long, besides his, his siblings. Like, yeah. For, for a long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy. And I, and you was telling me that he was, like, feeling kind of low, like, I don't want to want to disclose the extra stuff. That's up to you. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, that you just be, being a a gay male in in especially black um in 2019 it's just a lot of negative energy and you know you got the you know you have like all kind of political views that are you know leaning a certain way uh against how you live your lifestyle and then you have the church where you know we're a christian family and then we're black on top of that and yeah it's just like it's just a lot that goes into it so you know it's just like I don't even know what you were going to say, honestly. I, I, did, I just don't like diving into stuff. Oh, like, you can I say guess it. The, the accusation, supposedly. Oh, we said it on the podcast. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? Mm hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, my cousin said I was gay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll be out here. Yeah. Ask our podcast listeners. <laughs> yeah, so even his own family member thought he was gay because of how comfortable he was in his heterosexual lifestyle uh-huh. you know like i'm not gonna worry about first of all i'm not gonna treat you no different because you're gay you're a human being and you're a grown man just like me yeah so i'm not gonna be like all awkward and whatnot you know or what i think that a lot of times a gay man is more awkward because he's not used to getting respect from a straight male because mm-hmm. a lot of men is super homophobic mm-hmm. at one time i was kind of homophobic i believe but I wasn't like to the point where I was like, don't, don't touch me, bro. Stay away from me. I remember we were shooting uh, Freddy's movie. Uh-huh. And the, the guy that was, he was a producer on the movie or something. He was a gay yeah. guy. Uh-huh. And a couple of people on the set were, uh, I don't know what the, I don't know. It was a weird conversation that was uh-huh. going on. And uh, like 90% of the cast and crew was just comfortable with the conversation. But there was one guy that was kind of like, Ah, oh, nah, bro, nah, bro. That would never happen, dude. Nah, nah, nah. And we were like, bruh, like, chill. Like, it's not even that serious. So we can tell you're kind of overcompensating yeah. for some, you know, some lack of, you know. Yeah, you lack lack of, you, you, it's some men that almost feel emasculated just being around a gay dude when it's like, bro, the gay dude probably don't even want you, man. You probably not his type. Yeah. He's probably into dudes with beards that are big or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who knows? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But you don't got to act no certain way, man. Just let them live their life. I got a couple cousins that's gay. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? And, you know, they do their thing. I don't want to know what the fuck they doing, but (laughs) they Mm -hmm. do what they do. Mm -hmm. And I do what I do. So, yeah, man. Just fucking just chill. All right, moving on. Mm -hmm. Oh, what I was going to... Oh, go ahead. The point I was going to say is... um. About like the the hate uh, part, it was um, we mentioned it on the phone. We were talking about how if you look at certain certain people that are extremely opinionated about other people, for instance, like uh, ba- for instance basketball, okay. there'll be like LeBron will make a play or he'll LeBron will miss the playoffs or you know LeBron will lose a championship and they're like, man, that nigga, sorry, man, I can't believe they would even compare him to Michael Jordan. He ain't never, he ain't never wear, or he ain't nowhere near as good as Kobe Bryant. Um, but 
you have to check this person's history that's making all these, you know, these crazy statements. Mm. A lot of times these are like failed athletes themselves. Oh. They may have, you know, played high school basketball and been, mm. you know, okay, but their career never really panned There's out. history after, there. Yeah, it never really panned out after after high school or, you know, even even rappers uh, or even people that are super opinionated about musicians. Very like, true. Like, oh, uh, Blueface is trash. I don't even know why he, like, why would he even make music? I don't even know how he got a record deal. Man, I'm way better than him. Yeah. But, you know, this guy's just sitting at home. Mm -hmm. No one ever really listened to his songs. He dropped a few on SoundCloud. It got two listens. <laughs> That's <laughs> listens in our podcast. <laughs> But yeah, man, you just have to check, uh, check the person that's actually making these accusations mm, you know I mean? and act in a certain way. Mm -hmm. You know what? Uh, I'll elaborate on that. The same guy that's like, man, f these f words and all these and all these gay dudes, da da da, and gay marriages, and you know, it's supposed to be Adam and Eve and not Adam and Steve, and all, <laughs> right? That same guy probably kissed some gay dude in high school and then, then, then never told somebody about it. Yeah. And he probably been secretly gay for 15 years and is too afraid to come out. Mm -hmm. And he's saying all this stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, you know who was extremely homophobic before he died? Aaron Hernandez, the one that was a tight end with the Patriots. Mm -hmm. And uh, his uh, high school quarterback came out and said they had a sexual relationship in high school. Mm -hmm. Not only him, it was another dude in prison that said he had a sexual relationship with Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. So it's like you really gotta like you really had a tight end, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Nigga was going deep in there. He all he heard, he just remembered Tom Brady like, go deep, man, go deep. I'm about to hit you fifty yards down the field. <laughs> Oh man, this nigga went from Tom Brady to in the prison like go deep. <laughs> oh man. Oh, oh dang. That's a trip. That was a shout out to uh That was an awesome segue. Patriots. Huh? <laughs> shout out to Robert Kraft. Hey man. Oh my god. All right, it's moving on. Um intrinsic motivation. Go ahead and elaborate on that, Keith. You know a little more than me. Yeah, so I'm reading this book. I know this may come as a surprise to some of you white people out there, but I actually read. <laughs> no, I'm just fine. But, um, Niggers I'm gonna... don't read. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Super, what do you say? Super Saiyan racism? Uh, uh, niggers! <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. Keith's playing, man. <laughs> but um, we love white people. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Keith. Yeah. So uh <laughs> there's this book called Why We Do What We Do. Uh let me get the 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 uh the author for you guys. Let me see. Come on, man. Get your shit together, man. My bad, bro. <laughs> I'm trying to look on your oh that oh god. I put mine's on airplane mode because my shit just randomly goes off and I'll be forgetting that the fucking volume is on. Yeah. You'd be like whoop whoop. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> These phones vibration sounds too loud. Yeah, they need to chill with that. Sound like a fucking engine, man. <laughs> like an airplane whoop, engine. Whoop. <laughs> Is that a Ferrari? <laughs> sound like a Lambo. <laughs> sound like a fucking sex toy. <laughs> that rabbit thing. Yeah, we it, that noise I just made, it's gonna be some girl like with her phone when we air the podcast. Did we talk about making an app uh like a 
sex toy app for phones? Nah. Oh. We might have. It's probably just some fucking bullshit I said. I'm usually yeah. the one that says bullshit. Ain't no telling. <laughs> if anybody want to ever get rich, just sift through our podcast episodes and you know, yeah, actually execute some of these ideas. Oh yeah. <clears throat> but um, no, the book is called "Why We Do What We Do: The Dynamics of Personal Autonomy." It's by a guy named Edward L. Edward L. Desi and Richard Flast. Um. So basically, these are I think I think Edward Desi is a psychologist. Um, the the book basically dives in on uh, the psychology of like why we do the things that we do, and I'm only like 26 pages in. I wish I the the book is really nuanced. I probably need to read it, read the first few pages over again. But one of the topics that um, they were talking about was this uh, this intrinsic motivation and how how it works and how. Um, the how being how having incentives for doing certain things doesn't necessarily affect um the person does doing it it doesn't necessarily motivate the person doing it so if you think about it like i was telling eddie about um a situation at school with with the kids that i work with so like if i t- if i tell the kids like hey you should do this most of them aren't motivated to do like if i give them an assignment a word search something simple like a word search I give it to the kids. Sometimes the kids will walk in and they'll be like, oh, I don't want to do this. So I was like, mm, what can I do to get these kids to actually work? So I was like, man, maybe I should bring Takis. I bring Takis to school the next day. Hey, if you finish this, I'll get you some Takis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll finish it. I'll finish it. Everybody Elaborate on what those are. Takis? Yeah. If you don't know what Takis is, then. Some people don't know what they are, kids. You should. Uh, Stop saying things people don't know, okay? Yeah. So Takis are, you know, the chips that were with the little sauce on it. Like, it's the 2019 <laughs> version of Hot Cheetos. <laughs> you, know the, you know the kids in high school that used to eat Hot Cheetos every day for oh lunch? Oh, my God. Yeah, they probably dead now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Takis are just like hot chips with the little salsa powder on them or whatever. Um, so, um, yeah, so so uh, I try to motivate these kids with, uh, with Takis. <clears throat> And uh, for one day it worked. Okay, we do it again the next the next day. Um, I, you know, if you finish this word search, I'll get you a bag of Takis. Okay, cool. A lot of the kids are excited. By the third day, they're like, man, I'm not doing nothing. I don't want no Takis no more. Like, I'm kind of burnt out on Takis. And that's like external motivation. External motivation is fleeting. It doesn't, it doesn't work all the time, no matter what situation. So... Um, Intrinsic motivation is like all internal stuff. It's like, you know, there's a kid in class that wants to do the word search because it's fulfilling for that person when they finish it. Like it's a certain euphoria they have once they find that last word. Like, yes, I actually accomplished something. There you go. So um, basically we, 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 we bring this topic up to, to say that um, if you're that person that does things for ex- external uh, rewards – it's, it's going to be last. fleeting. It's not. Yeah. yeah, it's not going to last. So you have to find that intrinsic motivation to 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 wake up and to consistently keep doing whatever it is you're doing, and you'll be way more successful. True. You have to be the guy that's more obsessed with doing that job instead of the one that does the job for the reward. Yes. You know. So it it, it also you can kind of you can kind of intertwine that with what we talked about earlier with the with the the whole change within decades. Like yeah, a lot of things people do for a buzz are now related. They do it for the rewards. But when you have, you know, 
when you have a vision and the foresight for something greater, then you tie that more to loving what you do and being great in your craft and it will last longer because you love it. Yeah. Versus, you know, I'm doing this for money. Yeah. It's not going to last. It's it's like with anything. Um even if it's a relationship. If you're um if you're attracted to the chick that wears like pants with her ass cheeks out, right? Mm-hmm. You want pussy. Like yeah. that's what you want. Yeah. But when you see a woman that is reading a book who speaks very well and who articulates herself well, you're looking for a wife. Mm-hmm. So the reward is the hot chick with the hot ass, but the one, but the other one, there's more of longevity and a, how do I explain it? You're more or less interested in her instead of what you can get from her. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think that when it comes to what you mentioned, the intrinsic in, internal versus external. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it just it, it, you can kind of translate that to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, like we love doing this podcast. Yeah. We love doing it. Are we getting paid for it? No. But will we eventually? Yes. Yeah. So loving what you do and doing it and being self motivated. Mm-hmm. We have not missed a week. We are on episode forty nine. Yeah. If we were doing this shit for money, we would have stopped a long time ago. That's what that that's what bothers me a lot about the way people talk about athletes. Right. Like, oh, they just doing it for the money. Oh, he not he not sad about losing the championship. He got a million dollars for playing in the in the World Series. He got know. a million. It's like, bruh, in order to be that successful, money doesn't matter to you. Obsession. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> if if um uh, Based on this this theory by this the, these these psychologists, they would have been um, they would have lost that motivation after they got their first check. Exactly, because these these rookie you know these rookies in the um, in basketball and these 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 decent players in basketball are getting so much money. Um, a guy like LeBron James, you know, he's getting huge contracts every year, but he still goes out there and he's still the top player. Oh, yeah. the guys like Steph Curry, Steph Curry, what? He won the MVP in 2015, I think. Mm-hmm. That was before he signed this this new contract, which, like, for you know, a matter of like a few hours or a few days, it was he was like the highest paid player in the in the league. Yeah. Um, if he if he was really motivated by money or whatever the case, he would his numbers wouldn't keep getting better. This dude is shooting like 50 percent from the three point line. You know, man. You know what? I think if they were to do a observation on every major athlete in every sport that gets these huge contracts, they would find out that these owners are paying for guys who are invested in what they do. Yeah. And they do it because they're self-motivated, not because this this big check. They're getting the big check because not only do they know they're worth the check, but it's not really it's not really correlated to just money. Yeah. Um, because Tom Brady is the best quarterback in the league, and he doesn't get paid the most. Exactly. Um, <sighs> even people people are trying to make it take like Mercy Madison, yeah. for instance. Uh-huh. Um, if he was motivated by only money, he probably would have stopped a long time yes. ago. Yes, because exactly. you know where he's. Uh, I think he's twenty six years old right now. Yeah. So if you know, ideally, like, oh man, if I haven't made the money yet, that that I'm. Uh, that I want to make or that I'm going to make, you're just going to quit and get like a regular job. 
But if you're motivated just by getting better, just by reaching a goal, just by fulfilling some goal that you had since you were, you know, 13, 12 years old, like exactly. I want to play in the NFL, like you would have just stopped. Exactly. And and that's very true. And not only and, and not allowing that goal to be changed, like mm-hmm. you have to be unshaken in your in your belief, in your focus. Like, yeah. for example, if you're a kid that's five years old. And, you know, you're watching or let's say you're 10 mm-hmm. and you're watching, you know, sports. And then you have that moment when you're by yourself and you could imagine the clock ticking down to one second and you hitting that last second shot and you win the championship. Mm-hmm. You should never be in the NBA. You finally make it to the NBA and then all of a sudden the money controls everything rather mm-hmm. than the passion you had as a 10 year old. Mm-hmm. So you think about a guy like Kobe Bryant who after games will work out um guys like uh larry bird huh? jerry rice jerry rice a week after the super bowl he's out there running wind sprints he's running wind sprints running that's heels that but that's because the the ring and the tr- holding up the the lombardi trophy is not fulfilling mm. that that intrinsic intrinsic motivation that he created that burning desire to keep on getting better to keep on mm-hmm. you know dominating the competition burns burns uh hotter than you know that fulfillment that he got from getting a ring or holding up that trophy or even winning the mvp of a super bowl that's true that's why you know what i noticed something like i I tend to notice like little small things um after tom brady won this last ring and he was in uh you know holding the trophy he was like oh this is great you could tell he was happy but he's seen so many trophies yeah that what he was doing is he was walking over to teammates and he's like, you got one, huh? You got yeah. one, didn't you? Oh, yeah. You, like, you, you see how rings? Yeah. Oh, you like you see how that feels? You like how that feels, huh? He, it's like he was getting he, – he feels like this fulfillment for getting his teammates a mm-hmm. ring. Mm-hmm. So it's so much deeper than, oh, they just – you know, they get a bunch of women and they get a bunch of money and they're just these – nah. You could tell Tom Brady genuinely – was walking up to his teammates and he was being interviewed and then like he would stop like hey 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 and he would like hug his teammate yeah and it would be like a teammate that's not even well known maybe like a second string offensive lineman yeah and he would hug him up and he'd be like oh you like how that felt huh yeah and it's just like wow like that type of motivation that but you the thing is that the general public will say they're doing it for money or they're doing it just because you know they get a lot of women and stuff but that's because their mentality is different from these. These mm-hmm. are the one percent. So you yeah, can't ass, you can't assume that the world is thinking like these guys. Exactly. Um, but once you understand, there's a few people that understand. Even if you're not as successful, you understand the way that they they their mentality is. Like people, you know, would c- call it like a mamba mentality or yeah, whatever that workman's mentality is. Um, once you understand it, you realize that it's it's bigger than you know Definitely. all the you know the materialistic stuff. I, this is how I personally <clears throat> feel too. This in general, if all of a sudden me and Keith get ridden a fucking check, like we get a bag for doing this podcast, I I think the first thing that I would do is I hit up Keith like, hey yo, let's you know let's look for some you know some different equipment or you know let's do this and that and blah 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 and let's get back on the let's get back in really take this shit up to the next level. Mm-hmm. I think money would just be an incentive to what you really love mm-hmm. because the motivation comes from somewhere else. Like I would never make so much money that I'm just, I'm so just uh, distracted by this new thing. Yeah. Like I have a job now. Keith has a job. 
the way we look at money is not like we're not obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's already a good thing. Yeah, you know? I, I even look at. Um, I was telling, uh, I was talking to this guy, and I think I mentioned but before, but like through uh-huh. some weird marriage, um, uh-huh. we're associated with like Warren Buffett a little bit. So oh, like, yeah. um, so this guy, he he was in Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Nobles and he heard basically we started talking because I had seen him in Walmart maybe an hour before and then he ended up at Barnes and Noble at the same time and I seen him and I recognized him but I didn't say nothing to him because he was reading his book but I was like oh snap I just seen this guy but the only reason we started talking in Barnes and Nobles and we ended up talking for like over an hour was because we both was talking to this guy his name is Ricky actually and so I was doing like I some people know on here that I, I sell stuff on Amazon. So um, <clears throat> I was institution. <laughs> Keith out here selling dick. <laughs> you can get you some. Never mind. <laughs> For the low price of sixty nine sixty nine. But no, there's a guy named Ricky, um, and I was looking at different different sales and stuff at on at Walmart. And he came over and he seen me scanning stuff with my phone. And that's like, a you know, anyone knows that does like the, the arbitrage stuff on Amazon knows that's like a telltale sign of someone's doing the same thing that you're doing. Yeah. So he walked over and he see me doing it. He's like, hey, how much is that going for online? And I was like, oh, I, didn't, I don't even know. It's not really popping up. So uh, he ended up, we ended up chopping it up for like, you know, you know, not, not too long, probably like 10 minutes or so. But that same guy actually came up and interrupted our conversation. And, uh, the dude is like really he's a, he has a distinct look because um he's a huge foot like he he's a huge guy at the at the time I didn't know he played football but he's a huge guy and he has a he has a birthmark on his face so if you didn't know that it looks like he has a black eye uh. so like he has a really distinct look so you know all that past he goes away the other guy goes away and then we go to we end up I end up going to Barnes and Nobles and I see him so I'm talking to DJ about like like the we're talking about like the law of attraction you know you know how kind of like the stuff you're putting out to the universe and how the guy randomly came up to me and he gave me some advice and stuff like that and i was like yeah i don't know if the guy had a black eye or a birthmark but um he had this like mark on his face <clears throat> so the guy interrupts our conversation he's like hey I, excuse me i wasn't really listening but like i overheard you talking about the guy ricky and uh he interrupt he's like yeah the guy actually plays football and like so we started talking about him for a little bit and then we dive into like what he does. The guy works for BNSF. Okay. And BNSF was purchased by Warren Buffett maybe last year or maybe a year and a half ago. It's a railroad. It's the tra- yeah, the railroad, railroad and trains and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So um, we start talking about that, and um, we start um, talking about more and more about Warren Buffett. And I say all that to say like. Uh, this is about intrinsic motivation, right? So we were talking about Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett has many, many billions of dollars. And um, we're talking about like, if he was only motivated by money, he would have stopped a long time ago. He hasn't, he has more money than he can ever spend in his lifetime. Yes. 70 some years old or, you know, 80, whatever. Um, But he's, he's motivated by, it's just a sport for him. Like, yes. You know what I mean? He has just like whatever internal motivation that wakes him up every day to read, you know, what's going on in the news, <coughs> read the world news, read the stock markets or whatever. Exactly. Um, and keep trying to find new deals, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. So, 
Yeah, that's the idea behind you, it. You know, I think that there are some people that have this idea, like the one percenters you talked about, um, they have this idea, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse mentality. Mm-hmm. So when they open up the paper, when they do all these things, and you figure like, oh, they're still doing this, or the people say like, I'm so sick of Tom Brady, he keeps winning. Yeah. You know, and it's like, man, it's because these are the one percenters. These are the people that continue to, uh, they continue to find ways to win. Yeah. And it's based on something that's much deeper than money. It's, it's, it has, there's, you can't put a monetary value on what they're doing. Even with that, um, in the book, it talks about, it talks about money also. And money, money has a different type of effect than, uh, like diff, these different, like Takis, for instance, like with the kids, money has a different type of effect than that. Yeah. Um, because, um, because we need money to live. You need money to pay your rent. You need exactly. money to pay your phone bill. You need money to pay your insurance. Yeah. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they talk about money being a uh, more of a controller than actual motivator. Very true. So a lot of people will be somewhat motivated by money, but they're not necessarily motivated. No. They're just really controlled by money. So a lot of people go to work um, at jobs they don't like. They, you know, they may do prostitution you know what i mean yeah just because that's, that's one hell of a job yeah or stripping Blow or job. <laughs> yeah whatever the case may be they're doing these sexual favors uh for money is because money is controlling you know what i mean it's, it's it has a different different aspect but if they weren't get if 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 people were doing these same jobs and they were <laughs> like a girl no matter how much she likes her job or whatever if prostitutes were getting paid in like trophies or like Takis or <laughs> anything that's not money, no one would do it. You know nah. what I mean? So that that's the idea. Like money is more controlling than it is motivating. Suck this dick for some potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, can you imagine that shit? I mean, what's that on Menace to Society when the dude was trying to, yeah, trying to give you him Yeah, you want these head. cheeseburgers? <laughs> Can you imagine fucking, yeah, you get a BJ for some animal crackers? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you over there chilling with a, you walking around, you go up in the club with a Capri Sun and some animal crackers, like, who want this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. Dang, man. All right. I think we've elaborated on that. All right, let's move on. Um, yeah, we gave a, stri- a low-key master class on Definitely, motivation. man. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, stripping the power from negativity. Um, I think that we'll talk about something else kind of related to this. Um, but stripping the power from negativity means that being a person who wants to live a positive life, you can only put yourself in so many places. Mm-hmm. When you're able to see something that may put you on a path and put you in, a, in in line with negative energy, then you more or less are going to walk around it or go the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, so stripping the power from negativity means walking in such a way that you're only giving positive things power in your life. Yeah. There are people that, that hate you and, by you not hating them back, you don't become a part of their energy. There are people um, that, I don't know, doing fucked up shit in your family. And by you not doing that same fucked up shit, you're walking and staying on your own line. And you're 
you're projecting this such an energy that's going to literally be the outcome of your future. Yeah. So stripping the power away from negativity is it's literally it's a lifestyle. Yeah. A lot of us don't learn until later and some don't learn at all. Mm-hmm. Go away I think on that. Maybe the 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 best example of that stripping the power away from negative energy is probably Martin Luther King. Oh yeah. And there's there's been multiple activists um throughout history. Guys like Malcolm X and Huey Newton and you know the list the list goes on and on and even you know people prior to Mal- uh prior to Martin Luther King Jr. But I think that he was he was probably the first person that was able to to utilize this concept as far as uh stripping the stripping the power away from the negativity. Definitely. And in turn he was probably the most successful, probably the most well known. He probably um you know these and and the numbers and the photo and the photographs suggest that he was able to gather you know numerous people, you know, with his speeches and with his marches and stuff like that. I don't think anybody else in history was able to was able to do do something like that. And um, I think I think it was primarily because he used this concept, because, you know, as much as these other people like the Black Panther parties were influential, um, just the just some of their rhetoric was was looked at in a different way. It felt it felt like to to that from the outside looking in, it looked like they were approaching negativity with negativity. But it felt like, you know, Martin Luther King, on the other hand, silent protest, you know. We're going to walk to work instead of riding the buses. Mm-hmm. We're going to pull these people um, out of their jobs. If they don't start paying us enough money, we're not going to work at all. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. just stuff like that um, just kind of puts <clears throat> this concept in, into perspective, and we could start using that in our regular in our regular lives. If you see something on the Internet, you know, a lot of us are, you know, trying to thrive through social media. So we know that there are going to be negative comments. Even, you know, even myself, I've seen, you know, certain certain projects I've put out with my friends. We've seen certain negative comments. And, you know, for for us, we don't we don't get on there and start roasting them or, you know, whatever, try to feed into that negative energy. Yeah. We just hit a hit a thumbs up and keep moving. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, here's a I don't say a perfect example of stripping the power from negativity. But there was a time where I was in traffic and uh, I was just in my regular car and I cut somebody off and we come up to the light and I'm actually the person's on the right side of me. Right. And I could tell they're going to lay into me. And I was wrong for what I did. It wasn't like an intentional thing, but it was just like a traffic maneuver. And I got over and I cut them off. But I got back over to the lane and whatnot. Guy has his window down, his arms all out the window. And what I did is I took my hat off, rolled my window down. I said, hey, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, man. I was wrong. I did not mean to do that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And he was about to cuss me out. And when I told him I was sorry and it was my bad, the look on his face was like he wanted to be mad at me. But then he just stopped and he was like, oh, oh, uh, um, oh. And then, <laughs> he, and then he drove off. Mm-hmm. So I literally stripped him of the negative energy that he was about to give me. Yeah, I I owned up to the fact that I was wrong in mm-hmm. that situation, and I told the guy, "I'm sorry, I messed up. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah. So 
if I if he would have said, hey, motherfucker, and I would have been like, what's up, bitch? Then we would have been arguing. Yeah. And I, fee- I would have fed into that negativity. Mm-hmm. But being able to strip people of it, oh, man, you have no idea. Mm-hmm. The next time you it's get powerful. in. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. It's more powerful than, than becoming a part of someone else's bad energy. Mm-hmm. Imagine, okay, the next time you get in an argument with whoever, a stranger, your significant other, whatever, the way you can defuse it is to not argue back and listen. Mm-hmm. Just listen. You can't have a one-sided argument. Motherfucker, you're doing this to me. And then mm-hmm. you just keep letting them talk. Just mm-hmm. let them talk. Yeah. Just let them talk. And you would be like, mm-hmm. And what's going to happen is they're going to get so frustrated that you're not going crazy that they might just walk off. Yeah. It takes two people to have a real argument. Yeah. So you could just say, hey, if say you argue with your wife or your girl, be like, hey, Hey, I'm sorry. Can we talk about this? Mm-hmm. We are talking about it right now. I'm like, well, you're yelling. You're yelling at me. Let's yeah. let's let's talk about this. Yeah. You know, when you when you're ready to talk, we could talk about this. Because mm-hmm. some people just want to be enraged, the, and being enraged is a form of negativity. Because when you're enraged, the the prop the the the, the probability of you saying things that are that you can't take back go high. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to get mad and yell and you're yelling at each other, that's why you got a little dick, you know, yeah. or that's why your pussy stank, you know, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't take that back. If you're able to not become a person, not become a part of a person's bad energy, then you guys more likely will be able to come to, you know, this, this, this general like agreement and yeah. respect each other. Um, but just, yeah, man, you, you'll see you know, like if people are, you know, people are listeners, um, I know some, I'm sure some of these people are in toxic relationships. And, Definitely. Um, you know, if you catch yourself arguing with, arguing with your significant other, just try that for once. Yes. You know what I mean? Like try, try matching that negative energy with some positive energy. Definitely. Or, you know, just some neutral energy. You know what I mean? Yes. Like just not feeding back, feeding that negative energy back into the, into the argument. And you'll see how that affects the person that is yelling or, yes, you know, spewing out that negative energy. And, you know, the crazy thing, too, is, is like if, if let's say if I think I'm not trying to give no relationship advice. But like if, if you get in an argument with your girl and she'll say something, and you'll be like, you know what? I see why you could be mad at that. Mm-hmm. I see why you could be mad at that. I see why I understand how you could be mad at that. But here's what I have to say about that. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times women won't let you get in a word edgewise because. They're used to arguing with their old ex-boyfriends or everybody else in their life. So they're assuming that you're going to meet them with that bad energy. That's why a lot of times relationships don't work out with, with me because I'm a peaceful person. Yeah. You know? <laughs> some women, some, they I wouldn't say it. woman, some mm-hmm. people want that. They want they dysfunction. Want yeah. They want that. Like fight argue. me. Yeah. yeah. Hadouken. Yeah. <laughs> Yoga flame. <laughs> they want that yoga flame. <laughs> ain't fucking around, man. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's that's definitely uh I think uh I think even even I think even in sports I felt like that's probably why coaches never yelled at me. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I remember that. How could you yell at me? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's crazy because I remember going to your practices because, you know, obviously I'm much older than Keith, but yeah, uh, I would go to 
this football practices sometimes and let's say Keith if he if he if maybe he blew an assignment or maybe he didn't bite on a certain play or whatever it was mm-hmm. and uh, uh coach Golo would come up to him and be like Son, look, when you're doing this, make sure you cut on this angle. And then to be another DB or another player, and he'd be like, no, be what mer- a God dog, what are no, you doing? No, it'd be Mercy. Oh, no. <laughs> no, Coach Coach Chudy. Oh. Coach Chudy, oh, my God. Coach Chudy is a Bakersfield College football coach. Like, a lot of people in town don't like him, but, like, I actually play DB, so I spent more time with him than, you know, most of the other, you know, positions. Yeah. Because Coach Shooty is a DB coach and he's the head coach. Um, so he'd just be, oh, my God. He would be yelling at yeah. players. Like, like, God damn it. If you don't get your taco, if you don't get your ass over here right now. <laughs> we go over this every day. He'd be spitting. He an old white man. Uh, he ain't that old. He old. He's older. He's probably like 50 or some, 50 yeah. something. Yeah. God damn it. We go over this all the fucking time. <laughs> what are you doing? Man. Just, just go over there. God damn it. Me. Fingers, fingers. Okay, all right, fingers. Just make sure when you get over there. And then he talked to Keith just normal. And yeah. then all of a sudden, another DB fucks up. God damn it. What the fuck? Coach Shooty had this weird way of talking to people. Sometimes he would call people by a, uh, by a, uh, like a physical trait. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> there was a guy one time, <laughs> I was like, I was probably like in a sixth grade or something. I was watching my brother's practice. And um, there was a guy out there playing. Uh, he, was, I think, he wanted to play receiver or something. But he was out. Like everyone, it was already the time where like the the players had been practicing, doing mm-hmm. the morning workouts and stuff. So they all had their 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 attire on, like their yeah. be, their Bakersfield college shorts and their shirt and their cleats and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the one guy, he was just he, he looked like he was just trying. Like he came fresh off the street, so he had like a tank top on and like some regular basketball shorts. Yeah, and uh, he was going through the drills, and I don't know if he was messing up. <laughs> he was messing up or something like that. But he was like, "Come on, come on, point guard! What are you doing? <laughs> come on, Chris Paul! What are you doing?" <laughs> That'd be crazy if he was just being derogative like that with everybody. Come on, Donkey Dick! What the fuck are you doing? God damn it! But I remember, come me, on, Bigfoot! I remember me, you and Mercy had that running joke of like. Like uh, calling players taco. Oh. Like... <laughs> God damn it, taco. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Come on, collard greens. Get your ass out of here. <laughs> Move your ass, collard greens. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, they were like, God damn, you know what? I've been having to tell you all fucking practice to move your ass. Come on, Martin Luther King. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Come on, Rosa Parks. Move your ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You think this shit is hilarious? Imagine actually being at the fucking practice. Bro. It's like we're 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 only slightly over exaggerating. Yeah. If you went to a BC practice, you would be dying laughing. Yeah, man. <laughs> I think his I think Coach Chudy's like key thing he says is God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> God. 
He's oh, like Coach Tootie is like every he's like every older white guy when he gets pissed off. Yeah. Oh my god. He'd be it's like, God damn mind. it, cut the shit, man. I would I would be tripping like, dang, how could football affect you this much? Like uh, oh but my I god. but you do gotta realize it's such an age gap in between these and these like we're just kids, man. We're Definitely. eighteen, nineteen years old, twenty yeah. years old out there like you know, we we thinking about girls at practice, like yep. what party we going to on the weekend, and he's like strictly focused on football, and he's and he knows his stuff like the back of his hand because he literally coaches it, like, oh, yeah. you know, 10, 12 years in a row. Oh yeah. So if we screw up, it's like, bro, like what are you doing out there? And we and then we'll go go over it. Um, so he just has like he has a little patience, um, but at the same time, like some of them kids really be screwing up. But but Coach Shooty is a person that like he knows. What he can get away with, yes, with, what with each player, yeah. So, like a certain athlete, probably a white guy. That's you know, he he he's he's a really good he's a really good player. He's probably not the best athlete, but you know, he's out there. He's starting. He's you know, he's doing his thing. He may screw up. Coach Trudy will lose his mind. <laughs> Come on, Thomas. What are you doing? <laughs> we just went over this five minutes ago, Thomas. You got a 4.0, but you can't make a in tackle. <laughs> oh my god! Who's that? Who's that one player on your team? Joey? Oh, Joey Stewart. Yeah, yeah. Man. Joey, oh. Coach Coach Shooty's a yell at Joey. That, that was <laughs> that was another kid named Celine. He was like, he was probably like five five. He was a nickel back on our team. He was the only black guy that Coach Shooty would like really lose his mind over. Really? Yeah. But it was probably because he was like a smart black kid. He was kind of short. Like, <laughs> Coach Shooty would be losing it. I remember, I think he even grabbed Joey Stewart. It, it was either Joey or Celine. He uh, physically grabbed, like, one of uh, one of them and was just like, he was just like, I don't know if he was about to punch him or what, but he was so mad. He was so... Uh, God we, damn it, you fucking midget. We really can die. Like, one day we're going to have mercy on the podcast. Oh, my God. He, he, said, he, wanna, he said he want to get, like, you know, he said he want to get to where he's going before he, like, you know, just to help us out. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's done enough, too. If he wanted yeah, to be on mind, now, he's done enough. He could be on now. Yeah. I invited him, but that's just what he told me. So Yeah. He's but really, we could really dive into some BC Oh, talk. my God. And all those times I whooped his ass in Madden. <laughs> <laughs> used to beat his ass in Madden. <laughs> Yeah, man, uh, good times. We yeah, really man. went on a tangent there. Yeah. All right. Um, next topic is just way different than the other shit. Um, <laughs> pro-life versus pro-choice. Mm-hmm. The reason why I'm bringing this up is I was I was on YouTube recently, and there's this guy. I forgot his name, but he's a conservative, and he he has, like, open dialogue with liberals and everybody else, and they get to talk to him. And he was on a college campus, and he was saying um, – I'm pro-life, change my mind. So basically he leaves open like a panel for people to come and talk to him mm-hmm. and change his mind about what he believes in, right? Which I think is kind of like whatever because I don't mm-hmm. think anybody's going to change your mind. You're still going to stand firm in whatever the fuck you believe in. Yeah. But I still think the open dialogue is cool. But anyways, <clears throat> um, some guy comes up and they were talking and the guy gave the scenario of why he's pro-choice. And what made me uncomfortable from the very beginning is the fact that there are two men that were talking about what a woman should do with her body. Like, that immediately was like, nah, bro. Like, Mm -hmm. as we both men, like, women don't tell us what to do with our dicks, okay? So we definitely don't need to tell women what they should do with their body or even have an opinion on what they do with their body. Mm -hmm. 
um, in regards to bringing life into this world because we don't have that same capability. Now, to make a long story short, uh, the guy that said he was pro-choice said that, you know, what if a woman is sexually assaulted and she has she gets pregnant and she does not want to have that child? And the guy said, oh, no, I completely understand, you know, blah, blah, blah. He said, but does why does she have to kill the baby? And I'm thinking, like, first of all, if a woman does not want to have a child, she does not have to have a fucking child, period. Yeah. I, I, I thought that it was weird. And just the fact that two men... Like, when it comes to that, I'll be like, yo, pro-choice, man. Let women do whatever the fuck they want to do with that. Yeah. That's her body. I just don't... I, I I think that that whole topic was just weird, just seeing two men up there. Yeah. I think that it's um, just the idea of allowing them to have a choice is, is just always better. Yeah. Because... <clears throat> It's just like, like you said, like we shouldn't, we shouldn't tell people what to do with their bodies. I fuck no. I personally, I feel like, as far as like, from a Christianity standpoint, you mm-hmm. know, you want to, you obviously don't want to, uh, like, you know, as far as like, thou shalt not kill. That's part of yeah, the yeah. Ten Commandments and whatnot. Um, but at the same time, we're human beings. Like, yes. there's, there's. There's nasty situations we get ourselves into. And it's almost like I feel like that there are some people that are not even mature enough to, you know, to take care of a child. Very true. So it almost be like terrible for them to to try to bring a human being into this world when they're not really ready for it. Very true. So I just think we, they sh- we should, you know, give these people the choice to, to make their own decisions. Yeah, man. And there's so many things that happen with women if they're not ready to have a child or they, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately had that situation happen where they were pregnant by some weirdo mm-hmm. that, you know, chose to, you know, force himself on them. Mm-hmm. I just think in general, um, women should have the choice to do whatever the fuck they want to do in regards to their body. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a bunch of lawmakers and men saying like, I'm pro-choice and I'm listening. OK, you pro-choice, but you, do you have a vagina, motherfucker? Mm-hmm. No, you don't. Yeah. So it's like it's only so much you should be able to fucking say. Mm-hmm. And it's also women that they have this projection for their future where they want to be. And maybe they've been sleeping with some guy that, you know, they they was with him unprotected. And they was, they you know, maybe they 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 uh fucking plan B or whatever <clears throat> didn't work right. And they ended up pregnant. And they like, look, I have I want to have a future and I do not want to have a baby by this dude. So I'm going to handle my business. Mm-hmm. And I don't look down on women for doing that as her motherfucking body. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's just where I stand on that. Mm-hmm. You know, I stand on the fact that it's their body. They can do what they want mm-hmm. in regards to that. Because they are the one ultimately bringing life into this world. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's some people, mm-hmm. I hate to say that, it's some people, honestly, that just shouldn't procreate. I'm just going to keep that shit mm-hmm. under, too. It's some people that should not procreate. Especially ugly people. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you do that? Now, DJ, that DJ had a joke. Y'all probably hear it one day. But he talk about like how ugly people, um, two ugly people having having a baby together is just selfish. Yeah, that- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said it's two people you don't want to fuck with. He said an ugly motherfucker and a desperate motherfucker or something like that. Um, he said he didn't want to fight. Uh, like he had a whole. I don't know. It was a it was a really good set. So it was a pretty good bit. One day, yeah. It was a pretty good bit. Oh no no. He said it was a, it was an ugly motherfucker and a dirty motherfucker. Oh yeah yeah yeah. He said you don't want to. He said, you don't want to, uh, uh, he said, the ugly dude, like, it's not his fault. Like, 
It's not a choice. Mm-hmm. He said, but that dirty motherfucker, he chose to be dirty. <laughs> he said, you know, he stinks. <laughs> <laughs> and he said something like, uh, a dirty person have like a condition, like, you know, because um, they stink. Yeah. And I, was, <laughs> 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 I was a good one, DJ. Yeah, shout out to DJ. Yeah. But no, man, I, that's just where I stand in regards to the pro-life, pro-choice thing. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that there, there shouldn't even be a such thing as pro-life. Yeah. Like, I think, obviously, you know, you want... You know, uh, you know, people to bring children or not kill babies and or whatever the case. But it, when you calling people baby killers because they made a decision with their body, that's also not right. Yeah, you got to realize like it's just it's just too much. I want to put um, some of these people that are like super strongly opinion, opinionated are men, mm-hmm. and they can't really make these decisions exactly. But I want to put some of these these women maybe that are pro life about. Uh, these certain things and put them in situations where they may question whether they're pro-life anymore. Mm. Like, I don't, I, I don't want anybody to get raped, but I'm just saying like yeah. if they were in a scenario where, mm-hmm. you know, one of their uncles ended yeah. up raping them and they had it, you know, they had, were ended up getting pregnant by them. How would they feel about that? Or, you know, it's, it's just too much. Scenarios. Cause yeah. it's, it's like, okay, first of all, a woman already went through a traumatic experience in regards to, being assaulted and now they have a child they have to look at and that child is a reflection of that assault mm-hmm. and it's like you were this woman getting beat down over and over and over and over and it's like it's men i'm pro-life motherfucker who cares that you pro-life yeah when you got women that already have been through that and now they gotta go through worse mm-hmm. Like, man, come off your high horse, dude. You have a cock. You don't yeah. have a fucking vagina, dude. And yeah. Until you have a vagina, you don't know what it means to 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 create a life. I feel like also that pro-life is not the opposite of pro-choice. Because it's only the opposite of pro-choice if the person chooses to have an abortion. Mm. I mean, I understand that, like, you have a decision and not having a decision. Mm-hmm. But if a pro-choice person makes the decision to keep the child, then there's no argument from the pro-life person. Of course not. Yeah. So it's just like, I, I just, no, I'm got saying it, I as got far you. as like the name. From a literal. The, yeah. yeah. It's just like kind of like weird the way they frame it. I don't know. I just think people frame things a certain way to for, for there to be opposition. Yeah. You know, like, I like Wendy's. I like McDonald's. Like, yeah. y'all both going to die. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I like Taco Bell. I'm going to die sooner. <laughs> you know, shit your fucking brains out. Bruh, I have this joke about... Uh, uh, well, it's not a joke. I'm gonna. I'll tell you it off air. But basically, it, damn the, the, the premise. Because what well, I want to tell the joke, but I don't really cuss. But it's like, um, uh-huh. it's like uh, there's a there's a statistic that um, I don't know the number, but it's it's uh, a lot of ki- a lot of people in poor countries die from diarrhea. Wow, dysentery. Um. Yeah. So. I basically say that's a S H I T T Y way to go out, <laughs> but I don't cut, like I don't really cut, so I, like I'll probably never use it. I'll probably give it to Eddie or DJ. <laughs> 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 that's fucked up, but it's funny. God damn, man! Oh, that that would be like a hell of a joke on stage. That everybody, even people that don't want to laugh, would laugh. Yeah. 
you'd be like, if you have like really like statistics behind it, like it's a very calculated joke. Yeah. Like we just found out that this many people from this country of Colombia, mm-hmm. you know, died from diarrhea. That's a shit way to go out. <laughs> people would be laughing. Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty inconvenient joke, but it's still a joke. I think I think now that um, I think we both well we both done stand up definitely. I think now I'm looking looking more into those jokes those those jokes that are kind of like teetering the line of like uh should I laugh at that or not so yeah yeah, yeah. Awesome. but it's like I don't know man it, there's there's always there's like a certain I don't know it, you you do it within a certain moral window yeah 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 you know then you're okay you yeah. know what i'm saying you're not like you know not uh, like homophobic yeah stuff, none of like that super shit extremely racist yeah stuff. yeah oh excuse me i burped all on the fucking like mic a, uh, it sound like an alien was trying to come out of me like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come out of there <laughs> that hairy thing from star wars what is uh what's Jabaka? the wookie or whatever oh the that thing that's not Chewbacca. Yeah, it's Chewbacca. Oh, okay. I was like, <clears throat> nah, man. But uh, that's where we stand on that. You got anything else on that, dude? No, that's pretty much it, man. All Just right, like man. get off these people. I, I, for me, I don't want to make a decision about something that doesn't affect me, and then that I'm not directly directly connected with. True. Like, if there's, um, I just want to like support. In that case, you know what I mean. If there's a, if there's some rules or something going on about Native Americans, I'm not Native mm, American. There you go. But yeah. I want to be in support of you know whatever's going on. Or there you, know, you go. Any it's even you know if we we talk about the wall sometimes. Yeah. Um, that doesn't directly affect me, but I want to be in support of the people that are going through the, these traumatic experiences. You know what? You made a great point. But this is just something to really think about. Like me and you, obviously, are both black men. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine a bunch of white people telling us how to be black? It happens sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, you know what? You should cut your hair. Yeah. Then this is that. And they yeah. have, and they'll be opinionated. And we're like, wait a minute. We're black. Like, yeah, how yeah, you going to yeah. tell us how to imagine yeah. how women feel when men fucking tell them what they should do with their bodies. Mm-hmm. That's the only comparison I'm trying to, you know, mm-hmm. not trying to create this big racial thing, but. I'm just trying to create like two parallel examples. Yeah. Like that's just asinine. All right, yeah. let's move on. Uh negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times we don't we don't realize that the things we tell ourselves are more damaging than what people tell us. Like mm-hmm. if if somebody said, "Man, you ain't never going to be shit." We'd be like, "Damn, that's fucked up." But yeah. if we actually believe that, then that could literally control like that could be the foundation of just failure for the rest of your life. Yeah. If you buy into being a failure, you will be one mm-hmm. because you have, you are the one that holds the key to your destiny. Yeah. People have told me fucked up shit many times. A lot of times it was probably a reflection of their lack of self-worth. So they've said that just because they maybe they wanted to feel good about themselves or whatever the case. There's going to be some people like, man, man, you and Keith ain't shit. Y'all tr- podcast trash, bro. Yeah. I, I know better podcasts than that. Yeah. Uh, y'all lame, man. Y'all trying to be funnier. Whatever the case, right? Mm-hmm. But do I believe that? Fuck no. Do I yeah. think that we're funny? Yeah. Do I think that we're engaging? Yeah. yeah. So they can suck my dick. Anyways, <laughs> when you buy into the, to the self, when you buy into what people tell you and you start having negative self-talk 
that's when shit's gonna go south for you. Yeah. Man, I ain't never gonna get no girls, man. Man, I ain't never gonna make no money. Man, I ain't never gonna get a good job. Yeah. When you start doing that, that is probably the most destructive thing that you can do to yourself. Yeah. I see that a lot with the kids I work with at school. Um that I don't even I think they're they're doing it in um in the least malicious ways possible. Like mm-hmm. sometimes they'll be like, Oh, I'm so dumb. Like how could I think that? Or, you know, I can never, you know, I'm not a good athlete. I can never, you know, make a make a sports team or you know, whatever whatever, you know, yeah. whatever they're going through on a regular basis, they they kind of spew that out of their mouths. And um I try to tell them all the time, like <clears throat> like that that stuff is it it like whatever you say is gonna come true. Like whether positive or negative. So if it's all gonna come true anyways, you might as well speak positive stuff out. You know what I mean? Me and Eddie, we talk all the time, uh this the podcast is gonna do this by this time. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, even now, like sometimes we'll we'll be amazed that over two hundred people have listened to a certain episode. Yeah. Even though we're, you know, speaking the positive you know, thoughts already like this podcast is really going to go and we're really going to do big things with the podcast. Like even when it happens, we're amazed. But sometimes they don't the, the kids don't understand the psychology of it. I'm like, yo, like if you say like they, they'll be studying for tests, for instance, I'm like, yo, say that you're going to do good on a test. Don't go into a test saying that you're going to fail um, because you're you know, you may end up failing. And then for them, they only have a micro um uh, their test is only, you know, I mean, their their sample size is only small. Yeah. So they've, you know, they've been in school for six years or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, they only have six years of experiences going through these certain things. And in their mind, they think that, oh, like, you know, sometimes when I go into a test and I think I'm going to do bad, I really do good. Um, but that's not true. Like, you know, they're just lying to themselves. Very like true. they know that they studied or they know that mm-hmm. they, you know, they actually put into the work or they yep. understood the material. But, you know, in the in the real world, um, if me and Eddie started off this podcast and was like, man, man, we only going to get five listeners. I know it. Ain't nobody going to listen to us. But, you know, we went into a, a, with a positive, you know, a positive attitude. And in turn, like our, po- our podcast keeps growing and growing. Exactly. And, you know, people keep hitting us up about it. And in in anything we do, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like even when you did stand up, you was you had a positive attitude about Definitely. it. Like I know, you know, I know that I'm funny. I know I can go up there and I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's the self, negative self-talk is it's damaging also because like Keith mentioned in regards to the podcast, the podcast started off real slow. Mm-hmm. You know, real slow. But I think after a while, when people see that you're consistent, when they see that you put in like you put in actual effort into engaging people, when they see that, oh, this guy's actually pretty funny, when they see, you know, that you're sharing this on social media and you're actually putting in work, then they'll start to buy in. And I, I start seeing more people buy in, hitting the like button, responding. Hey, oh, that was funny when you said this. And all it is, is that's the incentive that me and Keith get. See, most people would tune out after they're not getting paid for a podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, bruh, I have a job. I do this for the love of it. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to do with the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, the person that I look up to the most in the podcast room is actually Joe Rogan. Yeah. Joe Rogan has fun doing this shit. Joe Rogan gets up there. He's a comedian. 
um the guy gets up there with his podcast and he's talking to dr phil and mike tyson and motherfucking a bunch of different fighters and holly home and misha tate and this guy does this shit because he loves it he mm-hmm. the other day he says i love talking i just love conversation mm-hmm. you know and i'm sure that one day you know uh i'm not saying oh i'm gonna be on the joe rogan show but god damn it i would love to be on that show yeah I think it'd be a great episode, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but anyways, um, speaking things into existence, speaking positively, positively to yourself. Yeah. It, man, it changes the whole, like the whole landscape of yeah. where you want to be. Yeah. You, th- you talk to, if you talk to any successful person, um, they're going to tell you the same thing. You yeah. Know what I mean, just speak to, speak to, um, even like Mercy, you know, for instance, he always talked about playing in the NFL. Yeah. And he finally got an opportunity, you know, this coming off season to, you know, go out there and try out for the Eagles. But he, ne- I don't, I don't even think, I don't ever remember any conversation ever with him was like, man, I can't guard this dude or like this dude is way too good or, you know, this dude is better than me. Um, it's always been like, man, I locked this dude up or, mm-hmm. you know, I could play with these players or you know i went to this school and i'm better than these dudes you know what i mean so that's that 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 positive mindset that he always created and you know it seemed to have worked out for him so far definitely mm-hmm. but i think as long as he keeps that attitude he'll be okay he's a big corner too mm-hmm. so he's a big corner he's got great i've personally this is going to sound really biased i don't think i've seen anyone that i know personally that has better footwork than mercy mm-hmm. mercy his fucking feet work are out of this world Mm-hmm. And you know him doing those drills and just real quick, he's in and out. He's just cutting. Mm-hmm. Definitely NFL feet. Yeah, I'll say that in the most non-biased way. Yeah. So if you see Mercy Mason playing for the Eagles, that's the guy we're mentioning. Um, yeah. and he will also be on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but by the, by that time, hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's not getting hounded by the media and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, even even <laughs> even another guy I know, uh, Tyron. Tyron Wallace, he yes. plays. He plays for the Clippers, and he went to. Uh, I went to high school with him, and he was the same way. Like I never heard any sort of, you know, negativity. He was always an extremely confident person, um, and he's in the NBA now. You know what I mean? I, there's, I don't imagine Clippers. <laughs> yeah, I don't imagine there are too. I'm sure there's a handful of guys, but I don't imagine too many people in the NBA that walk around like man i'm terrible i'm trash i can't i can't do this uh you know these guys are way better than me you know what i mean it's, even to be terrible in the nba you got to have a certain amount of confidence oh definitely that. yeah yeah it's somebody right now that's deep on the nba bench just like man i could play with these dudes i should be on there yeah i should be on the court right now i should yeah. be playing right now yeah and it's probably some dudes on the bench like i hope they trade me so i could go start somewhere else that's probably how tyron feels yeah because yeah. he ain't getting too much burn right now so yeah. I'm sure he's like, man. And and he played a lot last year. I would love he to. He dropped see. like 20-something on the Warriors. Look, I'm going to keep it G. This is going to sound fucked up. I'd rather see Tyron in the motherfucking purple and gold than, Lon- than Lonzo right now. And yeah. I ain't trying to shit on Lonzo. But yeah. I just, I've seen Tyron play. Um, his defense is definitely exceptional. His mm-hmm. hustle is there. Mm-hmm. Why not? It's in the same city. Yeah. Put him in that motherfucking jersey. Put in somebody that want to play. Yeah. 
That's real, man. <laughs> just, just saying, man. Yeah. Lakers looking like peanut butter and awful right now. <laughs> they just lost to the goddamn Suns, the man. Suns. Oh, my it God. It was so trash, bro. Oh, man. Niggas was excited about getting LeBron, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like after every game, it's like this press conference with LeBron. It's like, well, you know, uh, you know, go step it up. Uh, you know, as a team, you know, we, we can't be distracted. You know, uh, you know, then the next next game they win and Lakers, Lakers are going to the playoffs. Yeah. And then they lose again. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, you know, we got to buy into it. You know, if, yeah. we don't, if we don't buy into it, then like, you know, it's like, man, I'm just tired. Bruh, I don't want to hear no nothing. Kobe disrespect after nah. if the Lakers don't make. I'm not saying we will. I'm not saying we won't. If we don't make the playoffs this year, I don't want to hear no Kobe disrespect because he nah. went through the, you know, he met, he they missed the playoffs multiple times when Kobe was playing. But you just realize how difficult it is to make it out of the West. If this same Laker team was in the East, he'd probably be the second seed right now or the third seed right now. <laughs> Niggas in the West is dogs. Yeah. <laughs> the East is dogs now, too, though. Yeah, they got the a good East, conference this year. The East low-key turned into the West. The yeah. first person that mentioned that, though, was actually Andrew Scholes. Shout out to King Hezzy, Andrew Scholes, because he made a great point. He said the East is turning into the West. Yeah. It is. Toronto, motherfucking the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toronto, the Bucks. The Celtics. The Philly, the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a big, they got dogs over there now. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, make sure the things you tell yourself are things that, uh, Things that are positive, mm-hmm. Th- things that are real, things that are that you can, things that you could do positively in your life, things yeah. that are tangible, and yeah. I guarantee that just the whole way your brain functions is going to change. Yeah, and think th- think about these these positive things, uh, these positive a- affirmations frequently. You know, tell Definitely. yourself like, "I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be Man. successful." For reals. Yeah. I'm going to hit it from the back. I'm going to hit it from the back. I'm going to hit it from the back. I won't bust it. quick. I won't bust quick. I won't bust quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew you was going to say something nasty after I said that. <laughs> that would be crazy. You tell yourself, I won't come quick. I won't come quick. And then all, all of a sudden, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. man all right man that's all we got man all right you got anything else no nah, that's all man all right man well if you've been listening and you made it this far we well, like your, to... your boy you know what i'm saying you got a birthday coming up so be sure to uh oh yeah is it on friday yeah my birthday's on friday yeah. man on march 8th i'll be 34 years young yeah make sure y'all hit eddie on instagram and facebook and tell him happy birthday yeah and man. keith's birthday just passed on the second so happy belated to him for yeah. everybody listening to this keith's birthday was on the second mm-hmm. he turned uh young 27 years old yeah so yeah man you know yeah. showering with some some uh inboxes and send me you know, some booty pics man. yeah some booty pics it's always good you know what i'm saying <laughs> I, I know we got some big booty listeners <laughs> right here <laughs> you better get them booty pics ready for me on my birthday on the eighth. Just hit me on Instagram. You know, nah. yeah. Uh, be- uh, best booty gets a, a free gift card. Uh, <laughs> hey, but we do. We definitely need to get some uh, like t-shirts or something together yeah, for we, the top listeners. Yeah, we definitely. Yeah, yeah. We've already. We've definitely talked about this. We gotta yeah. find. We just gotta find a way to make it work. Yeah. But. We, we, uh, wait, mm-hmm. Also, too, I feel like there's we have to start communicating more 
with the people that aren't on SoundCloud. Yes. Because so, we can see the analytics on SoundCloud, but there's some people that listen on Apple Music. Uh, I know my boy, my boy Blue listen on uh, Apple Music, so shout out to him. Yes. But if there's any more people listening on, you know, Google. Other platforms, you know, please. I know Giovanni does the uh, the Google podcast. Yes. But just let us know so we can see, because most, most of the analytics we see, we can SoundCloud. literally see who can who's listening on SoundCloud, but on Apple Music it just shows us a number. It doesn't show us what's yeah, really going man. on. Yeah. yeah, we just please let us know. Uh, hit us with an inbox, mm-hmm. and we we definitely want to know everybody that's listening. Because number one thing I don't want to do is you know the numbers start going crazy. Everybody's listening to the podcast, and it drowns out our first listeners. Like all the people that start listening towards at the very beginning, mm-hmm. we see your analytics, we see you on there. But we don't want to get a whole bunch of new fans and drown y'all out. We want to make sure we big y'all up because we, yeah. pre- we appreciate you, especially with the with the audience growing the way it is. Yeah. So, well, that's about it. If you made it to the end of this podcast, we thank you. Mm-hmm. Once again, thank you for listening to Truckers Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. We out of here. Peace.